Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. I could not be more excited for this episode. We, we brought in a superstar to teach us not only about a prospect, but the offensive line in general. But before I introduce him, a quick word from our sponsor. Have you ever wished you could be an NFL general manager? Well, now you can, thanks to Reality Sports Online, a powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy teams like an NFL general manager. Reality Sports Online was created by former NFL front office personnel and features the revolutionary free agency auction room, which mimics NFL free agency, enabling fantasy owners to negotiate and sign the NFL's top talent to single or multi-year contracts. The platform can host up to 32 teams and has a ton of other cool features as well. In addition to free agency, like a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automatic contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Test your general manager skills for free at realitysportsonline.com and a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use promo code DD to receive 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. All right, guys, my guest today is Brandon Thorne. You can follow him on Twitter, at Veteran Scout. He's a f- the football content manager at the Scouting Academy. Brandon, how are we doing today? Doing good, man. Happy to be here. Been looking forward to this. Yeah, I asked you, uh, when I first started up, I, I really wanted to get you on the podcast and have you talk about someone. And the one person you asked before, not Quentin Nelson, not anybody else, you want to talk Isaiah Wynn. And we're going to we're gonna break down his strengths, weaknesses, all, all the stuff we normally do. But before we get into that, I would like to just ask you a couple offensive line questions in general, if that's cool. Yeah, of course. All right, so the one thing you always hear when people talk about offensive linemen is a guy needs to move inside to tackle, or to guard from tackle if his arms are under, what, 34 inches, I think is typically the threshold. And Wynn comes in with... 33 and three-eighths arm length. Right. What? How How important is arm length to you, and why is that threshold so important? Well, I'll answer the second part first. I think that that threshold was established, you know, by the NFL, you know, a while back, and a lot of the traditional guys, you know, in scouting, you know, they, they use the combine and pro days and whatnot and establish measurements to, to you know, just have a baseline, you know, of, um, you know, length, I guess, that's going to keep – you know, defenders away from their frame. And, you know, I think there's some truth to that. I think the 34 inch, you know, benchmark is fine. I'm not, you know, totally committed to that myself when I, when I evaluate tackles, I don't really care so much about it. Um, but I do, you know, think more arm length is always better. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the guy's a better pass blocker, if that makes sense. I mean, it can always help, but it, it, it doesn't automatically make them, I guess, a better player, if that makes sense, kind of roundabout. But yeah, for, for Isaiah Wynn, I mean, you know, you look at his measurables and he definitely looks like a guard, you know, if you, or, you know, just traditionally 6'3", three, three, about 315, 313. But he has pretty long arms for his height, you know, 33 and 3 ace at 6'3", is pretty good. You know, there's guys taller than him with, you know, under 33. And, you know, so I, I don't flag him whatsoever, you know, in terms of arm length. I mean, his height, you know, he definitely would be probably the shortest left tackle in the league um, if he did play that in the NFL. And I think that that scares teams, you know, just on the surface. But if you watch his film, you know, against SEC talent and against the, against the other teams on his schedule, that he played, um, especially in 2017, because I didn't really watch him much in 16. But, I mean, he was dominant, you know, at left tackle. So I'm always in favor of keeping guys like that at their position in the pros, regardless of their size. But 
you know, at the same time, I understand. And I also do think long-term upside is probably a little bit higher on the inside for him. Um, and I think he has all the, the necessary tools and skills to, to transfer inside and be fine as well. So he's, you know, I, I don't discount him at left tackle, but I, I also think that he could play probably four or five positions on the offensive line. So, you know, I don't, I don't really, it doesn't really bother me. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I'm, I'm with you in terms of I'm not going to move a guy for having his arms be half an inch too short. I'm going to, I'm going to take my chances. And well, you mentioned the left tackle thing, and I agree where I'm starting him off at the position that's most valuable on the field. And then if it doesn't work, kick him inside where I think he could be very successful. You mentioned the SEC level of competition. I think this is something that's really interesting for interior play in general and want to, want to pick your brain on it. When you, watch guys and what they do on the interior how important is who they do it against because so often you see these clips or plays where they dominate someone but he's not someone that they would that would ever play at the nfl level so like how much stock do you take into something like that so so basically how important is not only the reps but the reps against the competition for you well it's huge i mean level of competition is is huge i think you know uh dan hadman the the owner director of scouting academy one of the things that he taught me that really stuck with me um when he's watching offensive line or even defensive line or or other positions as well that are matched up against somebody one-on-one corner receiver whatever um so if he's you know watching isaiah win for instance you know the first game or the first few plays of each game or the first handful of series of each game he's going to watch the opponent first and then watch the actual player he's trying to evaluate and the reason for that is just to get an idea of the caliber of player that he's actually facing um if you don't know it already if it isn't common knowledge you know if you're not super familiar you know beforehand or whatnot but even so i I do like to watch the opponent um for the first you know few plays couple series what whatnot whatever it takes for you to get at least somewhat of a uh, an idea of the quality of opponent first and then you know start to watch the actual player you know in this case win and then see how he handles it but i mean that's huge for me you know with um the nfl 1000 project for bleacher report i graded every defensive tackle this past season the nfl and i i factored in um level of competition to every single evaluation so you know for instance i, I was just thinking you know star um lutelli for uh, you know the panthers are signed with the bills um you know I, I noticed several games in his division against the saints against guys like larry warford max unger andrews pete you know he was getting kind of blown up on double teams and then he goes against lesser competition and he's much better against double teams and you know it makes sense but you know unger and warford on the double team is you know that's pretty close to elite you know it very good to elite competition and you know, it, it changes the evaluation of the player in, in every instance, in my opinion. So it's huge. I mean, I think that's one of many factors and, um, and things that you have to factor into, you know, just gather context and, you know, just have a more well-rounded evaluation. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I love the way you explain that. I always joke about, you know, when you watch some of these receivers getting open versus the top level competition and getting open against me are, are two different things. So, <laughs> I, I think the especially in the trenches, I mean, sometimes you see these offensive yeah. linemen like engulf and absolutely destroy these defensive ends in college, and then you look and they're 235 pounds. It's like, well, that's that's not really translatable. But I, I love your point about the double teams, and it really matters who it's against. So I'm completely on your, your level there. And, you know, I can't we can't jump to Isaiah Wynn before I ask you one more question about the offensive line. 
the raging Twitter debate every year is how much does finishing matter? Right. I'm, I'm curious, where do you stand on that issue? Oh, it's huge. I mean, offensive line, I feel like the attitude that you play the position with on a snap-to-snap basis, game-to-game basis, regardless of the situation in the game, if you're losing, winning, beginning of the game, end of the game, if you're constantly finishing your reps, and it doesn't mean you have to be burying a guy. I think that's a misconception. Finishing a rep is simply going through the whistle and really just, it's kind of, I mean, you watch Isaiah win and he definitely finishes every rep. And it's not like he's burying guys every time, but he is sustaining his blocks or trying to keep himself between, you know, his man and the ball at all times until the whistle blows and sometimes through the echo of the whistle, which I like and I think a lot of, a lot of offensive line coaches like as well. It's just about that mentality. I think it wears on people, you know, cuz they you know, this is just people playing a game. So if you have somebody constantly in your face agitating you, being physical with you, from the first snap to the last snap, I think over time that increases the value of the player um, for what it does to the opponent, you know, mentally. Um, and it's just it's it's just an approach and a demeanor that offensive line, the best offensive line, has, you know. And I, I don't really know of elite offensive line in the NFL who aren't really good finishers. So I, I just think it's it's critical. Yeah, I agree with you. The way I kind of think about it is like if, if you're playing basketball against someone, right, and you're trying your absolute hardest on defense and they keep hitting threes in your face no matter what you do, you're just kind of like, oh, my God. Like, I just give up. And then they just start. And then at that point, they have you completely demoralized and won. So I know I'm comparing it to a different sport. And I think what what you said is so important is that these guys are human beings, right? And anytime you constantly get beat, no matter what you do, you become demoralized. It's like it's part of human nature. So I think finishing is very important. I, so let, let's let's jump sure. into Isaiah Wynn now because we've talked a lot about offensive linemen. When you watch his game, like I, th- I think he's got a lot of strengths across the board. But like, what gets you most excited about his game? I just think the refinement and the technique that he plays with especially when you look at his i mean i think it starts with his stance it's very efficient he looks comfortable he looks balanced and then as soon as he comes out of his stance there's no false steps he he is consistently playing with a strong base no matter if it's pass protection or run blocking in space moving down the field in all areas he's always balanced and in control and yet he's playing with a strong base. And that, to me, is where it all starts. You know, it starts with the feet for offensive line. Um, and when you have a guy who's consistently playing from a strong base and he's operating from that, it allows his hands to work much more efficiently. Um, and it allows everything to work more efficiently, you know, if the feet are good. So that's really what stands out to me when I watch him. I mean, his pass set is, is crisp and smooth. Um, he's coming out of there explosively. He's hitting his set points quickly, beating defenders to the spot, winning the half man relationship. So he can be in a position to dictate things to the defender as opposed to having to react. Uh, he, he doesn't react a whole lot. He's usually the one who is dictating things. He's getting to places first, taking really good angles everywhere he goes. And he's, he's getting to places with an attitude. Um, you know, he's very physical, aggressive but he has really good hand usage as well really good hand placement grip strength so i don't really see a lot of weaknesses in his game at all i think he i mean if not for quentin nelson i think he's definitely the cleanest um offensive line prospect in the draft i mean he just 
he just looks great. You know, I just, I don't really have a lot of negative things to say to him uh, about him. Uh, you know, I think if he was six, five, three twenty, he'd, he'd probably be a top five pick, a left tackle, you know, honestly. So it's really just his size. I think that's the only thing that's working against him in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I The first thing I noticed was his feet. Like you said, his stance, his ability to get out of his stance. And then once he gets his hands on you, I feel like you don't really go anywhere. And guys that are that right. rushed him that are very good hand fighters, like he, he beat them consistently. I thought his run blocking was really good. And the one thing I, I really liked was that the Georgia running backs in general have very good vision, whether it's Sony Michelle or Nick Chubb, and they got to run behind a good offensive line and take advantage of their vision. But oftentimes he would be on the backside of plays and kind of do that kickout block where he just absolutely would level the the edge defender and kind of just create these these giant holes on the backside of plays for these cutback runs. And I, I think that, like you you said, he's so technically refined. And I, I I normally ask guys weaknesses, and I think you're absolutely right. The first one people are going to talk about is his size. I think there there are two things I thought that he could be better at, and I'm curious just to get your thoughts on them. Is one is that I thought he could be a little bit better on screen on screens, and then the second was I thought on some of his reach blocks where he's kind of extending that, maybe it's the shorter arms or whatever, but he didn't always get to his guy as much as I'd like to see him do that. But uh, th- those are the two things. They're probably they're a little nitpicky, but those are the two things I thought he could improve on. The reach block thing I haven't really seen myself. You know, I've, I've watched four tapes on him so far. I mean, I've you know, it's not like he's completing every single reach block and he's perfect, but, um, you know, I, I don't know if that would be a weakness that I would just, you know, think of, you know, based on what I've seen so far. But as far as the screen stuff and in space, I've seen some of that. He gets a little wild out there sometimes, you know, like he maybe gets a little over aggressive, um, you know, takes maybe too sharp or too wide of an angle sometimes. And it kind of throws off his targeting and his fit. Um, but at the same time, I've also seen him fit target guys in space really well. Um, so, you know, that one, you know, like you said, it could be a little nitpicky, but if, you know, if you, if you want to talk about weaknesses, that, that, that would be one that's fair in my mind. Um, but, you know, aside from that, I mean, I don't know if he has elite play strength, you know, I mean, I don't know if he's, um, going to, to be a guy that slides inside and, you know, is going to be able to control and move guys off the spot like, you know, Fletcher Cox or, you know, um, you know, Kawan Short or guys like that. I mean, I think there'd be some stalemates and stuff like that, but I don't see him as a guy like Quentin Nelson, who actually I think could, you know, move some of these guys off the spot and off, the, you know, at the point of attack. So that's one thing, too, I think. But I still think he has very good play strength. Um, and I think he'll win against the majority of competition in the NFL in that regard, but maybe not all of it, you know, all the time, which is fine. I mean, there's only maybe one or two guys in the NFL who do that now. So um, that all, that also is maybe a little bit of a nitpicky thing. But, um, you know, I think part of what makes him so good in the run game, too, is he, he has good natural leverage just because of his frame and his build and his size. But he plays with outstanding pad level. So nine times out of ten, he's the low man. And, you know, leverage and pad level and hand usage on the offensive line is, is everything almost. So um, especially in the run game. So if he's, you know, he's consistently underneath guys and inside their frame. And, you know, that allows him to play with, I think, more strength than he might naturally have if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And you're probably right about the reach block thing. I, I guess the reason I made it a weakness was 
first, I don't think if it is a weakness on the surface. I just thought that of all the blocks I saw him do, that that was the one he was least consistent at. But they, he definitely, he certainly has yeah. a lot of good reps there. So that's I just. You know, whenever I talk about a prospect in general, no matter wh- whether it's Quentin Nelson next week or Saquon Barkley or whoever it is, all these guys have areas of their game they could work on. So that's that's all I meant by For that. Sure. But I, I think you're 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 very fair. That's it's not an overall weakness if you compare it to other offensive linemen. When you watch mm-hmm. his game, is there someone he reminds you of at all? I'm not sure. You know, I, it's funny when I watch guys play. You know, especially on the offensive line, I tend to try to think of guys that they remind me of, but I I normally can. I mean, I. I'm so bad with comps and stuff, man. So I, I, I don't know of a guy. Uh, it, it's tough to say, honestly. I, I really don't have a guy off the top of my head. But, I mean, I do think he fits into that mold of guys like, you know, Mitch Morse, Cody Whitehair, you know, and these guys that have transitioned, Ali Marpet, you know, successfully from left tackle inside. I think that's probably what's going to happen to him. Um, you know, he's going to play left guard most likely. I think that's probably where – I think he has the best long-term value. You know, I understand wanting him, you know, to keep him at left tackle initially, and I, I totally think that's fair. But I'm, I doubt that that will happen. But you know, if maybe even right tackle is a possibility. But I think left guard, you know, like those three names I just mentioned. You know, even though a couple of those guys have played right guard, center, whatever, I think he could play anywhere. Honestly, I mean, if you put him at center, I think he'd be nasty. You know, so it's not like. I just think he could probably play all five positions, but left guard just seems like the most natural move for him next, just because he'll get to stay on that same side, so he won't have to switch the side of his body that he's, you know, leaning on and depending on, so that, to me, makes the most sense playing left guard, but as far as who he reminds me of inside, um, gosh, man, that's that's really tough. I He's so quick, too, at the same time of being, like, strong and powerful. And uh, I don't know, man. It's tough. Well, it's you know what? That's perfectly fair the way you just described him because you – the way I always look at comparisons is I'm trying to highlight a specific trait, and you just highlighted all the specific traits without necessarily giving a player comp, but also talking about (laughs) a couple other guys that have that that toughness and nastiness that move from tackle to to the interior line. And I I, – so – don't worry about not having an ideal necessarily the exact player. I think the way you described him is perfect for a player comp, even if you didn't give an exact name. You know, so okay. many of these guys, their success depends on what team they go to. And, you know, I don't I don't feel that way about Wynn. I think he's going to be successful kind of whatever team drafts him. I think he can be successful. But if you could see him go anywhere, what, like – what would be your ideal landing spot for him? Oh, man. I mean, any left guard prospect, I think the ideal landing spot for them is the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, because you get to play behind or, excuse me, in between the best left tackle in the NFL and the best center in the NFL. So any left guard prospect, period, the best spot that there is is with the Dallas Cowboys. So that to me, I mean, I say a win right there would be crazy so but so would will hernandez and other guys as well you know so but that would be probably the best spot i could possibly think of for any left guard but um you know you just look at the left guard depth charts in the nfl i mean he'd upgrade easily more than half of the left guards in the nfl you look at the ravens with james hurst the Bengals. um let's see i mean the texans colts you know, definitely, I think the Broncos must address left guard in this draft. So I'm really hoping Nelson Wynn or Hernandez go there. Uh, I think he'd upgrade the left guard spot in the Chiefs, the the Chargers, um, the Giants. 
I mean, you know, these are all teams that if you put Win <laughs> in there, I think he's better, you know, day one. Moral so, and there's more. I mean, I could keep going. Yeah, I was going to say, moral of the story is that a lot of offensive lines need a lot of help, and he he's not going exactly. to have to wait that long to hear his name called. The, the one team I didn't hear you, you mention that I'll throw out there is the Carolina Panthers after losing Norwell. Um, For sure. That's a huge one. I mean, they they love to do some of that that power and you know him and guard kind of fits in that to me. Hulking Mauler type of guard who's not really a guy you know who could play tackle. He he might be able to, but he's a guard you know, and he fits that mold. Even though Dave Gettleman's gone, you know he you know Gettleman and um, even Rivera, you know those guys, you know Andrew Noel and Tri Turner Hernandez to me fits that mold you know perfectly. When I'm not sure if they'd want to go with a guy a little bit smaller like that on the inside. It'd be kind of a shift in their philosophy. But like you said, definite upgrade day one because I don't even know who's playing left guard there now. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a, I mean that's a good call by you. You you know offensive I, you know offensive line play better than me. I was just looking at a glaring hole at left guard and thought that might be a decent range for him to go in. But Brandon, I just want to thank, thank you, you for coming on, man. When I when I have questions on offensive line stuff, I try to read your stuff and the stuff you put on Twitter and all that other stuff. So why don't you tell the people where they can find you? Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, people can find me on Twitter at Veteran Scout. Awesome, guys. Again, he's Brandon Thorne. You can follow me. You can follow him on Twitter at Veteran Scout. You can follow me on Twitter at Elliot Chris, the host of the Draft Daily Podcast. Um, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. As always, guys, we really appreciate you listening. Thank you. Champion.